3: Bills live, presented by Calida Health.
4: All right, here we are, hour number two on a Thursday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, with you. Pleased to be joined now by Sports Illustrated Dolphins writer Alan Pupar joining us here on the show. And uh, we got to start here, Alan, because. The shoe is firmly on the other foot from where it was in week three when the Bills had five defensive starters out due to injury, didn't have starting center Mitch Morris, and then they were dropping like flies during the course of the game. Now it's now it's the Dolphins that look like a mash unit. My God, that injury report yesterday was ridiculous.
5: Yeah, and then I I might offer that they had it worse than the Bills did in week three. Uh, if you're looking at the offense right now, they're looking at the possibility of not having five starters on offense, starting with Tua Vailoa. Raheem Mostert's got a broken thumb. And then you got three guys on the offensive line Teron Armstead, who's a question mark with his, his list of 17 different injuries. Liam Eichenberg, who just got back into the lineup last week, had a uh, hand injury, left, and then came back against the Jets. And then we got an issue at right tackle where Brandon Schell, who had been starting, uh, has ankle knee injuries, and he hasn't practiced either of the first two days this week. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's a mess in terms of injuries. Not exactly how you want to go into a playoff game, that's for sure.
0: Certainly some of those guys will probably give it a go, so to speak, uh, and not be 100% out after getting some time off. But even if they do, uh, it's interesting because, you know, you get their tearing arms. They, he's got like four things going on, right? Uh, toe, mm-hmm. knee, uh, hip. Peck and, Lip. and Peck, um, yeah. And then, you know they've all got a long list of this stuff. So most of them, it seems to be stuff they're going to have to deal with. But they'll probably be able to go at least a handful of these guys.
5: Yeah, that, that's a, the problem. Is is that I'm not sure uh, because again, like as I mentioned, Mostert's got a broken thumb, which for a running back who who wants he wants to, who you want to have carry the ball, not exactly ideal. Two has, two has already been ruled out. Uh, Brandon Schell, uh Mike McDaniel told us on Monday that it's not likely. Uh, Eichenberg's a big question mark. And then Armstead, he's been injured the entire year. He's rarely practiced. Pretty much every week it's come down to Sunday morning, but he's missed the past two games. Uh, and then he's had three injuries for a while now, and then he had the hip injury a couple of weeks ago, and he hasn't played since that popped up. He missed the last two games against New England and against the Jets. So I see knock on wood that he's in the lineup because he makes a huge difference. Everybody's talking about not having two in the lineup. Well, a lot of the times the backup quarterback seven had Armstead and that's played a big role as well in the offense, not performing as well when two is out of the lineup because the pass protection just doesn't hold up. And they can't do the same things offensively if Armstead's not in the lineup. And at this point, yeah, you know, you keep your fingers crossed. that he will be able to go, but it's far, 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 far from, you know, from a, a uh, certainty that he'll be able to play.
4: So, obviously, Tua is a big loss because the offense clearly functions best when he is in there. He's clearly their most efficient passer, probably their most accurate passer, and probably their best anticipatory passer. All of that being said, can Skyler Thompson at least make the
5: offense functional as you see it? I think he can, but a lot of it depends on what the offensive line, the offensive line does in front of him, uh, because a lot of the times what happens is his pressure gets to Thompson fairly quickly. Uh, he's not going to get the ball out of nearly as quickly as Tua does because that's one of Tua's strengths, and Thompson kind of wants to see things develop in front of him a little bit more, and one funny thing is one of, of Thompson's longest completions last week was like a 36 yarder. I think it was to Mike Gesicki. While on the play, there was a deeper receiver and it got to Gesicki because his arm was hit as he was throwing the ball. So that just kind of illustrates the issues they have up front. But I mean, Thompson, I, I think there's a lot of comparisons being made of what Brock Purdy, a fellow rookie seventh round pick is doing in San Francisco. Well, I mean, San Francisco has got, talent all over the place on offense and the Dolphins are not quite at that level. I think if the offensive line can perform and hold up a little bit, I think they can get some things done uh, more so than they did against the Jets. And the the other thing against the Jets, if we look back at that 11 to six final, I think the Dolphins were ultra conservative on offense in that game because they knew the Jets offense was injury riddled. Number one, not very good number two. So they didn't have to do that much offensively to win the game. That's obviously not the case with the Bills. They're going to have to do a lot more offensively, and I think they might op- open things up. Um, and and as I and I'm going to go back to it again, the offensive line has to do its job. And if Skylar Thompson is given protection, yeah, I do think he has the ability to make some things work it, offensively.
0: It seems that the best chance the Dolphins would have in the scenarios that we're talking about would be find some way, shape, or form to get the ball to Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill as fast as you can either line them up in the backfield, hand it to them, or give them quick passes and let them work in space. Those two guys really are the hope for the dolphins to come out and play well in this game.
5: Offensively. Yeah, no question. The running game was really good when the teams played uh, at Highmark stadium on December 18th. It was, or December 17th. It was, I'm sorry. Um, is it going to be as effective depending on the offensive line issues and with no Raheem Mostert? Probably not. Um, and this is where Hill and Waddle with their ability to turn like a 10 yard catch into a 60 yard touchdown can make a difference. And that certainly obviously would help if they can hit on one or two of those. I think the big thing with the dolphins is their margin for error in this game is going to be microscopic. If they have the opportunity to hit a big play, they need to connect every single time. And then they need to be able to get, a long gain off a really short throw, whether it be a short crosser, a wide receiver screen, jet sweep, you know, one of those things.
4: Flipping it over to the defensive side, Alan, I saw that total defense over the last three weeks. Miami's up around the top of the league. Uh, they lost two of those three games to Green Bay and New England, um, due in part to some defensive touchdowns being scored against them off turnovers. Uh, second in yards per play allowed, second in run defense, second in yards per carry average. How much do you attribute that to the level of their opponents that they were playing, and how much do you attribute that to, hey, this defense is finishing on an uptick?
5: Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe a combination of both. Against the Jets on Sunday, I mean, I was looking at the Jets and felt sorry for them because, my Lord, was that a – a, a, you know, like a really bad offense with injury issues on top of everything else. And Joe Flacco was sitting back there and he had a guy in his face the second he dropped back, even though Dolphins didn't get any sacks. Um, they, there's some talent on defense and they they have the ability, you know, to get things done. And if the Dolphins are going to pull off this upset on Sunday, yeah, the defense is going to have to come up big. It's going to have to create some turnovers. There was one in the game uh, in December. It was a... Uh, uh, Fumble forced by Jalen Phillips on a sack, and that's the recipe for success. Again, the Dolphins have to have everything pretty much go right for them to be able to win this game, and that includes forcing a turnover and not not let Josh Allen go crazy with the running. Dolphins finished sixth in the NFL in run defense, but the one area where they've had problems there is, is running quarterbacks, whether it be Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields or Josh Allen. So that's an area where again they have to tighten up a little bit.
0: What will what have the Dolphins learned about playing Josh Allen? I mean certainly the running quarterback does give them problems. There's absolutely no question about it, but Josh Allen has really played well against the Dolphins and they just don't or haven't been able to derail him as of yet. What do you think uh what do you think their plan is and how's it going to be different this time than it has been in the last well, eight or ten games against Josh Allen, all
5: eight or ten of them, yeah, I don't know. I mean they they haven't solved them, period. They've played well against him for like portions of games, like the first half in the game at Buffalo last year, the first quarter in the season finale in twenty twenty before Allen and the bills went nuts in the second quarter, but never for a full game, and eventually they just haven't found an answer for him I think would i mean what they have to do is basically try to get pressure with their front four up front when when they line up with four guys to get pressure, you know, maintain the edge to not get, you know, not get killed by, you know, bootlegs out with Allen getting outside too, too easily. But, um, you know, I, they have to play very sound fundamental ball, <clears throat> excuse me. And then, you know, tackle very well. But like, as I mentioned, They have not really solved, even in the game they won in in Miami in September. It's not because the Bills didn't move the ball. They just couldn't finish drives. And there were a couple of self-inflicted mistakes from the Bills that eventually became the difference in the outcome. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's part of the tough task. I mean, this is why even if the Dolphins had everybody available on offense, going up to Buffalo and winning this game would still be a major challenge because the Dolphins have just not really solved Josh Allen. And now they have to do it with an offense that, you know, might be limited in terms of what it can chip in.
4: And, you know, if you look at last week's game for the Bills against New England, the Patriots defense decided they weren't going to give him an escape route uh, to lengthen a play, make an off-script play, play some backyard football. And they kept him hemmed in the pocket pretty effectively for most of the game. They let him out one time, and he throws a 42-yard touchdown to John Brown on a backyard football play. But they, they were committed to giving him no escape lanes, and you know their offense was good enough to keep him in the game for a while. Um, it just That doesn't sound like Coach Boyer's att- uh, approach, though, defensively, more often than not. I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm just wondering if they might try to take a page out of New England's book last week.
5: Oh, I could see that happening because, again, as I mentioned, everything else they've tried against Allen hasn't worked. Um, Or they may know maybe try the bend-but-don't-break approach, you know, just – and one problem for the Dolphin defense all year has been getting off the field on third down, and this is where they have to hone in. And if you remember the game uh, in Buffalo in December, that long game-winning drive, there were a couple of third-down conversions that completely to, to prove the difference in the outcome so yeah i I would not be surprised if the dolphins tried a different approach and um even if it means you know again perhaps a little bit less of an aggressive approach with the pass rush as you mentioned to make sure to keep Allen in the pocket make him eventually have to throw the ball but that doesn't come without its risk uh, you know as well because Allen, if you give him long enough and that and that was one of the big plays in that game in december was i believe it was a 15 yard completion after they got a second and 18 after a sack by Zach Sealer on that game-winning drive. And Allen had all day to throw and eventually found Gabe Davis, which made it a third and three that they were able to convert and then go on for that long game-winning drive.
0: Also, some of the rhetoric coming out of Miami hasn't had to do with the Dolphins at all. It's had to do with Tom Brady becoming on the table for ownership back into that, you know, they're going back into that abyss uh, of starting to think about replacing Tua as Tua sitting there trying to come out of concussion protocol, and they got all this other stuff. How big a distraction is all of that? And is it – I mean, it can't be helping. What are your thoughts on the rhetoric that is surrounding the team that has nothing to do with what they're doing this weekend?
5: Yeah, I think it's inevitable. And, I mean, Steve, you played in the league like a, lo- a long time. I-, I think once you get into the prep mode for the game – uh, two is not even playing in the game. So if anybody would be bothered by that kind of talk, it would be Tua and he's not playing. I don't think Skylar Thompson really is going to be worried about anything beyond the game on Saturday, with, I mean, Sunday, which is such a huge opportunity for him as a rookie seventh round pick. And as I mentioned before, also it's inevitable because, and it's a discussion that everybody's going to dive into very deeply after the season ends, Um especially if it ends on Sunday, if you're the Miami Dolphins, what do you do a quarterback moving forward with Tua who had a very, very good year. I mean, he had a great year for most of the season until his production dipped a little bit toward the end. And then with the concussion issues, he's missed four starts. Every season he's been in the NFL, he's missed starts. And now we've arrived at, arrived at the point where the Dolphins could sign him to a long-term extension if they wanted to kind of hard to see them doing that right now because of, again, the durability cloud over Tua, which fair or unfair is absolutely there. Could they exercise a fifth-year option to keep him you know, under team control for 2023 and 2024? That's certainly a possibility. But they also have to think, okay, what's, what's our long-term plan uh, at quarterback? And this is where I would tell you that Tom Brady is not a long-term plan. If you bring in Tom Brady, it's for, I'm going to guess, one year at the most. And then you're kind of back to the square one in 2024 is what do you do for a long time answer to quarterback in a division where you have to deal with Josh Allen twice right. a year.
4: Yeah. Have fun with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's interesting to say the least uh, in terms of what they're going to do there. Uh, red zone defense. Allen uh, hasn't been terribly great. I mean, they did fine against the jets last week, but, As you said, you're talking about, you know, a washed up Joe Flacco and a myriad of other problems with the Jets. Um, The Bills went four of five in the red zone in the last matchup. It was a big reason why Miami couldn't finish that game with a win. And I know New England went two for two a couple of weeks ago. What is it that's been tough for them to get stops down there and at the very least force field goals instead of touchdowns?
5: Yeah, that's a good question. I look back at that Buffalo game to me, to me, everything boiled down to Josh Allen was just, just won the game. Um, Cause I don't know that the dolphins, even though it wasn't perfect, I'm not sure that they could have played a much better game under the circumstances. Um, but Josh Allen, Josh Allen just beat them. Uh, but going back to like the overall red zone issues. Well, the fact that the dolphins have not been able to generate a great pass rush with only four guys is a problem uh we mentioned the offensive line being decimated they've had injuries in the secondary all year even the one guy uh who's been able to play i mean actually they've had two starters who have been able to play the whole year is javon holland and xavian howard but howard's dealt with stuff pretty much the whole year has not had xavian howard type year even though he made the pro bowl cough cough by reputation only um (laughs) And that's been a problem. I mean, they can only cover guys for so long, and the pass rush is not getting into quarterbacks.
4: All right, so, so let's take that a step further. Bradley Chubb comes in. A first-round dra- draft pick goes out. $115 million goes to Bradley Chubb's bank account, uh, at least over the next several years, and he's got two-and-a-half sacks in a Dolphins uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there already ticked-off Dolphins fans as to the ransom that was paid for Bradley Chubb, in light of the results they've gotten through, what is it now? Seven games?
5: No question. I mean, yeah, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of the fans are not happy about it. Um, and then throwing darts at Chris Greer because he's a favorite target. If the Dolphins are not blowing out every every opponent, but no, and they paid a huge price for him, and it's fair to question the, the impact he's made. Even before now, he's dealing with uh, ankle and thumb injuries. He missed a game, came back against the Jets, played very limited snaps. Um, Likely to play this week. How much more is he he going to be able to play than he played against the Jets? Not sure. But this is a guy for what they gave up and the contract they gave him. You expect him. I don't want to say, I don't want to use Von Miller, but I think a lot of fans were kind of looking for maybe a similar kind of impact, and it, he, first of all, he's not Von Miller to begin with, and but he, it hasn't been there. Um, that's been very disappointing, and it doesn't help also that you can make the argument the Dolphins, if they were going to make that kind of move, they'd have been better off trading for Roquan Smith, uh, who just got voted you know, Ravens team MVP, and who would have filled a major need on the Dolphins for a very athletic playmaking inside linebacker, which the Dolphins really don't have.
0: What has been the problem up front? Because Christian Wilkins seems to be playing really well. Uh, Jalen Phillips seems to be light years ahead of where he was just a year ago for this defense. Uh, Bradley Chubb, while you're right, he hasn't been effective. I was telling Brownie earlier, if Chubb comes in and knocks it out of the park in the playoff, now his injuries aside, if he came in, it would all be forgiven if he became that guy for the next three weeks or, and you could get him on a little run here. Uh, But they seem to be talented enough. What is the problem? Aside from injuries, I suppose. Call from mom. Answer it. Call
3: silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails.
3: So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe? Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
5: Well, it's pass rush related because, again, against the run, they've been really, really good. and, And it's largely because Christian Wilkins, I mean, just had a phenomenal year. I mean, the guy is like Mr. TFL, I mean, at almost 100 tackles from from an interior defensive line position, which is ridiculous. Zach Sealer's turned into a really, really good NFL starting defensive lineman. So against the run, no issues whatsoever. It's in the pass rush, rush game. It's they just they they just do not win very often when they're rushing four guys. Uh, for them to get pressure, it's more often than not it has to they have to bring in a blitzer, a fifth guy or a sixth guy, and their secondary again, partly because of all the injuries they have. Um, you know, hasn't been as good as it's been in the past. The Dolphins really have missed Byron Jones, who's a really, really good cornerback. And when they had Byron Jones on one side and Xavier Howard on the other side, locking up receivers one-on-one, it allowed them the freedom to be so much more aggressive up front and line up and put nine guys near the, near the line of scrimmage, even if obviously they weren't bringing all nine guys, but they could show different looks and without worrying, you know, about... Uh, coverage as much as they do now so um and having said that they have a really good success story in cater Cahoo, who who's a rookie free agent who started a cornerback pretty much the whole year who's been really pretty good in coverage and absolutely phenomenal tackler for a cornerback who's got a little bit of an issue uh getting handsy down down the field and getting called for a few defensive holding penalties but um the biggest issue for them though is they just have not been able to get home with a four-man rush
4: Alan, thanks as always for bringing us up to speed on the Dolphins. Uh, We know you'll be covering the game on Sunday for Sports Illustrated, so uh, we'll keep our ear to the ground on your coverage throughout the offseason because that quarterback thing is going to be really interesting with that group, man.
5: (laughs) Uh Never a dull moment with the Miami Dolphins, that's for sure. (laughs) Thanks, 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 Alan. Appreciate
4: the time. That's Alan Pupar, Sports Illustrated Dolphins writer, joining us. We will take a break because when we come back, we've got this week's Legend of the Game in studio You know him. We all know him. Former number 22, one Fred Jackson, joining us in studio next here on One Bills Live. Presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, back here on One Bills Live, Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, and pleased to be joined now on the line by this week's legend of the game when the Bills host the Dolphins in Sunday's wildcard playoff game. It is Fred Jackson joining us. The legend of the game is presented by the BFLO Store, the official retailer of the Buffalo Bills. Download and visit the Bills app. Enter for a chance to win a $250 BFLO Store gift card and a signed Fred Jackson football. How about that? How we doing, Fred? (laughs) Good to see you, man. Not too bad, man. How are you guys doing? doing We're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, good. I wanted to start here. Last week's game. Uh, you know, you you did a little kick return duty in your time. What what'd you think of Naheem Hines effort on Sunday?
6: You know what, man, it was uh the icing on the cake, man. It was it couldn't happen at a better time. You know, it couldn't happen at a better time for, you know, not only, you know, me as a Bills fan, all the Bills Mafia out there, all of his teammates, but people around the country, man. It it was great to see, you know, and I'm glad it, it couldn't happen to a better person too. You know, I haven't met Hakeem personally, but I've heard nothing. Um. Uh, nothing but good things about him. So I'm, I'm I'm happy he was able to go out there and make a play for his team. So you're coming back into town to be the legend of
0: the game uh, and a playoff game, something that, you know, eluded you during your time with the Bills. What are your thoughts on coming back and seeing this team in the midst of such a run like they have been for the last four or five years and being a part of it?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's it's special, man. Um, When I got the phone call or as a possibility of doing it, I was ecstatic. You know, it was it was something I wanted to be a part of. I love watching these guys. Love what they're doing. Love what the coaching staff is doing. Love, you know, everything about this team right now. So to be able to come back and be the legend of the game, you know, as they go on this, this march towards this Super Bowl is a lot of fun, man. I want to be able to be a part of it in some kind of way. Uh, and I know that that building's going to be electric, man, and it's going to be fun to be in the building with all those guys.
4: Yeah, we appreciate you not big timing us like Fitz did. You know, Fitz basically said, "Hey, if you get to the AFC Championship game, then you can call me." That's a that's pretty well, much. I, <laughs> He's too big time now. Sounds,
6: sounds about right from Fitzy. I, 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 <laughs> I'm, so I'm going to get off the phone with you guys, and I'm going to call him right now and blow his phone up for that.
0: Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. <laughs> but this uh, this game.
0: Um, meeting a team for the third time the the dolphins coming in the dolphins are all nicked up they got the third string quarterback i mean it's i mean one of the things you have to fight against is like well let's just get through this game and get on to the next one uh you re- yeah. you know you're not entitled to
6: win this game you got to go out and do it yeah and you know that they're, they're going to be motivated they're going to be they're coached well they'll they'll show up ready to play so uh, it's on these guys. Just go out and do what they what they're capable of doing. You know, go out and make the plays that they they're capable of making. Uh, show why you're considered the better team. What it is you bring to the table. And as long as those guys go out and handle those things, uh, I think they'll be just fine.
4: What do you what do what are your thoughts, Fred, about you know Buffalo's rushing attack? I mean, they've it took some it took a little while for them to get some traction in the run game to serve as a complement to the passing attack, but. Much like last season, down the stretch here, they've kind of they've kind of hit a groove. And, you know, James yeah. James Cook's coming on and getting more time on the field. What's your what's your thoughts about that group and, and the ground game here down the stretch?
6: Man, I absolutely love him. You know, I I that Singletary's been Singletary, man. And I, I've loved the way he's worked all season long. You know, he's he's kind of an an, an unheralded guy where we we don't see him getting twenty-five you know, 30 carries a game. But when his number is called, man, he showed up and he's produced every time. James continues to be, you know, James Cook, the reason that he was drafted and brought into Buffalo. He's he's continuing to get better. He's, you know, hit tremendous strides. And the thing that I'm, I'm happy about is it's going into the playoffs where they're going to need those guys to really step up. You know, weather's not going to be the greatest every time they step out on the field. So you're going to have to have a running game. Uh, you know, you know what Josh brings to the table with his legs. So to be able to not just count on him to do that, knowing you can turn turn around and hand the ball off to a guy like Singletary or to James takes a lot of pressure off of him. And it makes it a lot easier for the offensive line when they have two tremendous running backs like that, they like that behind them. So it's been awesome to see it kind of progress to where it is now. And, you know, hopefully they can continue to build on that and continue to get better. And uh it it carries them all the way to the Super Bowl because those guys have the potential to take them there.
0: It's one of the problems with watching a team like Josh Allen has, you know, been the quarterback of for the last couple of years. Last year they come into the playoffs, they get the New England Patriots in Buffalo, and it's an absolute thing of perfection. No punts, never took a negative play until they knelt down to put the game away. Every drive ended in a touchdown. I mean, how do you temper those expectations for Bills fans?
6: Yeah, I I mean – as a, as a player, that's what you want. You know, you want those things to happen. You want to be in absolute control from start to finish. Uh, you, you have to be confident in what it is, whatever game plan it is you're putting together. And You know, the, the coaches are going to do a tremendous job breaking down film. Like you said, it's the third time they play these guys. Uh, they'll have a great scheme, and you have the players and the potential to go out and dominate like you did last year in the opening round. It's just about you to go out there and execute, not overlook these guys because... Obviously, they have some tremendous talent on that side of the field. Uh, they're they're going to come in. They're going to be willing to compete. They're going to compete early for sure. They're going to try and weather the storm and make this a sloppy game where they can get, you know, into the fourth quarter and have a chance of winning it. But if you go out and you go handle your business, you know you're the better team. You know all you have to do is execute the game plan that your coaches are going to put together. And, uh, you know, see where it goes from there. Um, know it's the playoffs. So every team is is capable of winning when you're playing. Um, and, and you just go out and handle your business and let the cards lie. And at the end of the day, you know, hope that you've made more plays than the other team and, uh, the rest will take care of itself.
4: All right. So Fred, you know, you got a little more leisure time at your disposal here. I know your son's tearing it up, uh, on the field, but, uh, who would you say amongst your former teammates? You're probably keeping in touch with the most, if you had two or three to pick from.
6: Uh, well, I, I can tell you the top three is is Easily Fitz, Marshawn, and Aaron Williams are the guys that I'm talking to and keep in, keep in touch with the most. Yeah, the, and give us an idea of, you know, how do you expect this game to
0: transpire this Sunday? You're going to be there and you're going to do the thing before the game, and it's going to, you know, it's going to be awesome. Um, how do you expect this to transpire with the Dolphins coming in? It's a f- very familiar foe. Bills fans are used to cheering against them. Um yeah. and you know, these teams see each other. I mean, they see each other on film when they're playing in the division, they see them play each other, they see them play other people. How's this go?
6: Yeah, it's gonna be it's hopefully, you know, I can come out there, I get the crowd going, and the Bills, the the Bills just feed off of that and come out the gate, you know, hit the dolphins in the mouth they they're, they're going to be you know ready for that. They know what's coming when they walk in like you said they've walked into this stadium, you know, already this year. They know what to expect from Bills Mafia. Um but I'm hoping and and just like everybody else, I'm hoping that the Bills just become too much for him. You know, I think they go out there they they have some possessions, put some points up. Um I don't know how good of he how good of a quarterback he is, but I don't think a a, a third a guy who's the third string quarterback can keep up with Josh Allen. Playing against the Buffalo Bills defense, I think you know it just eventually becomes too much for him. Even with the weapons that he has on that offensive side of the ball, granted they're going to try and take some pressure off of him, uh, but I think those guys make enough plays that it, it becomes something that they're 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 overcome and drowning trying to keep up with the Bills and the offensive explosions that they're able to put up. So I think it 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 it's a game early, but I think eventually the Bills become too much for the Dolphins to handle.
4: Fred, thanks for the time. Safe travels up here this weekend. We look forward to seeing you. Please give our best to your wife,
6: Danielle. Will do. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. All right, that's Fred
4: Jackson, your legend of the game for this weekend's wild card matchup, Bills-Dolphins. Legend of the game presented by the BFLO store, the official retailer of the
0: Buffalo Bills. He's right. I mean, he put it into terms like that. I love the way he said it. It's going to be hard to imagine a third-string quarterback keeping up with Josh Allen. Playing against the Buffalo Bills defense, it's a big ask. Yeah. We've seen it happen, though. I mean, and um, at this point, you hate to feel like that because the game is so final. You can't be wrong. Uh, yeah, it's if, win or go home. Yeah, if you lose, if you make that mistake, it's, you know you're you're done, and all the effort and the months of work and the entire season is is wasted. So you got to stay on it like you're playing against. Tua and Dan Marino and Joe Montana and all those jokers, you know, and not Tyler or Skyler Thompson.
4: He almost looks like a wide receiver. Did you see that footage we were showing on our, to our MSG viewers? He's walking alongside right. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. He almost looks like Gasicki. Well, well Gasicki's kind of a beanpole, but – I mean, he he kind of looks like he's got a receiver body. It's like he's like Tannehill. Remember, Tannehill used to be a receiver right. in college, so you understand why he would have a receiver He kind of has a receiver
0: body, a little Taysom Hill like maybe, just not as thick. Yeah, not quite as thick as Taysom Hill, but yeah, he's an athlete. Certainly, you can see it. And uh, and he's gonna, you know, think think where he's at, and you put it in the most positive light. And you know, these guys are vetted. I mean, they don't they don't get into the league not having been through some stuff and overcome some obstacles. So, right. you know, he's back there thinking, you know what? I'm the starting quarterback He's got for the nothing Dolphins. to lose. I have nothing to lose. I'm going to let it rip.
4: Yeah, just go out and let it rip. And Nobody even, and expects you to win it. anyway. If
0: he comes out and throws a pick six to begin the game or whatever, they're not jerking him. They ain't, they're not putting Mike Glennon in. You know, <laughs> you're the guy. So, let's go out and just go out and let it rip. Yeah. And I think
4: that's it's probably no, what the coaching
0: staff's going to tell him. It's really a no lose for him if you put it in that perspective. Because he's not expected to win this game. Yeah. So if he There's comes no out pressure. and, and gains some respect, makes some throws, shows some courage and leadership, the guy it, it helps his career, whether they win or lose. So that's kind of where you're at if you're Skylar Thompson, and you can bet that's right where he's at mentally for this game. Is he let it rip. Yeah. You know he's got. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle out there, let them go to work for you.
4: Why not? I mean, right? That's the whole idea. Why not? He can just let it all hang out. He really Uh,
0: can't. We want to get to the. Those are tough guys to beat, man. Well, that's true. Which is, you know, which is why Josh is so tough to beat. Yeah. (laughs) Right? That's where he lives. Yeah.
4: We uh, wanted to get to the tweet sheet here as we're fast running out of time here on the show. Tweet sheet brought to you by Corrigan Moving Systems, the official equipment moving company of the Buffalo Bills. As we've been asking you, what's the one thing you want to see from the Bills in Sunday's game with Miami? Sharon leads us off, and she says the backups. Get our injured players out as soon as possible, and then the rest of the starters after a commanding lead. I'm still concerned about our players getting hurt on a dirty play. So Sharon's already booked it. Right. We're going to be up by 24 by the third quarter. Get everybody out of the game after that. Yeah.
0: Josh will come out. Careful. One series into the second half, and then it's <clears throat> and it's Case Keenum. Careful with that line of right. thinking. You better be careful with that. that. Like I said, guys that have nothing to lose are difficult to beat. Listen to this.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.
4: Ryan says, bury Miami early and sit Josh Allen and the rest of the starters in the fourth quarter. This is the closest to a bye week they can get without actually having one take advantage of it. I will say this, Steve. This game, to me, is similar to the season finale against the Dolphins in 2020. Yes, I believe that if Buffalo can get up 14-3, you know, 17-7 by like, Early second quarter, I think there's guys on that Dolphins squad that are just going to pack it in, because much like we saw back in 2020 in the season finale, in which the Dolphins were in a win and get in scenario to the playoffs, they had a rookie in Tua at quarterback. They go down 14-3 early, and they're like, "We're not beating these guys with Tua." Fifty-six. They went. For, they they ro- went away. They went looking for the bus. They went away. You're I right. think the same thing applies here because you can't tell me these guys, if they're down 17-7 in the second quarter, they think they're coming back and beating this Bills team with Skyler frickin' Thompson at quarterback. I'm
0: sorry. No offense to Skyler, but seriously. There may be a moment in there where their team goes, you know, well, we're not going to get it done. Let's make sure we live another day and yeah. enjoy the offseason without going to rehab, you know? <laughs> um, seriously. So – Yes, there is that in there. They're not expected to win this game. Everybody in their uncle is hurt on their roster. If they come out lay an egg early, Bills are you know it's twenty four to seven,
4: yeah
0: or twenty four tenths. If they really get you know if they if the Bills get that extra possession and like a turnover and get a score out of it, and they're now it's starting to get away a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I could see them packing. You could I see really it. Couldn't. You could see it easily.
4: Jeremiah says quickly a beastly running game with Motor and Cook. 200-plus rushing yards, and then three touchdowns through the air for Allen. Well, Don't get greedy, Jeremiah. Let's not forget, this is a top-five run defense. That is one thing that the Dolphins actually do well. If they can run up 200-plus yards on that front, look out, man. Look out.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a big ask as well.
4: Yeah. All right, we are up against the clock, so we're going to take a break here. Some final thoughts on the tweet sheet next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Bills Mafia, the first edition of the Buffalo Bills comic cover series is now on sale. Products include posters, sweaters, and shirts. You can purchase these items exclusively at any Buffalo, Rochester, and Syracuse Wegmans. Wegmans, the official tailgating headquarters of the Buffalo Bills. Some final thoughts on the tweet sheet quickly, Steve. And we have Owen chiming in with, would love to see the defense force a few more turnovers. The Bills currently have an even turnover differential, which ranks 15th in the league. That's due more to their carelessness with the football through the course of the season. You should not have 27 turnovers.
0: 27 takeaways is a pretty good season. Yeah, they've done, they've done fine in the takeaways. <clears throat> the, the Bills turning it over a little too much, and that's something you get with throwing the ball. Down I hate much. to say it, the top-flight quarterbacks do it a lot. Um, maybe not the old guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady because they don't throw it. I mean, because they don't run it. Um, They just throw it away, and they live to play another down. But guys like Mahomes and Josh Allen, Joe Burrow's a little bit like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. They don't turn it over too much. But all those guys that get out of the pocket and make some things happen, you kind of got to live with it. Uh, It's not great. It's one of the things that's a drawback to that type of quarterback that ball's at risk more often. But you also get some bonus plays about every game that you would never get with one of the other guys. Manny says, obviously healthy players and a win, but most importantly, I'd like
4: to see no drop football, fumbles and catches, in parentheses, for the first time, because we need to stop those small mistakes as we head closer to the Super Bowl. And then Rick says, September Bills, you know, fluent offensively and stout defensively. That month, the Bills looked untouchable. Find that, and we might just hoist a Lombardi.
0: See, it's true. It was good. It was fun there that first month, but uh, we'll see if they can get that back. Certainly, they're getting healthy enough to do it.
4: Tomorrow's show, we've got, as always, Greg Cosell and Aditi Kinkabwala. We'll see you at once.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.